Hi, my name is Sean Shaler, and I am a proud member of the Gamers HQ Extra Life team. Not only is Gamers HQ the absolute best store, the uh, best video game store in the entire universe, but they also host an excellent Extra Life gaming marathon every year for the Extra Life uh, nonprofit, where the other team members and I raise money for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. So thanks, Gamers HQ. I'm proud to be a patron and a team member. Thanks, Extra Life, for all the work you do on behalf of the Children's Miracle Network. That's my spiel. Let's get started. Today, I feel like talking about expensive Super Nintendo RPGs. Again, this is part two. Uh, but the difference is that yesterday, we talked about the obvious ones. The super popular ones, the ones that have kind of an iconic status. Even though they're rare and expensive, everybody knows about them. Excuse me. Had to get a drink. Everybody knows about them. Let's do a real quick recap. Yesterday we talked about Final Fantasy 2 and 3, which are actually... 4 and 6 Super Mario RPG Earthbound Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana or Mana I don't know one of the two we talked about it those are expensive Super Nintendo RPGs but ones that are still sort of wildly popular in the gaming culture wildly popular and well known Today we're going to take about a half step down, maybe a little more, talk about other expensive Super Nintendo RPGs. So we're still in that very high, expensive, rare tier, but I think they're a little lesser known. They're a little less iconic. Most of them for pretty good reason. Excuse me. I don't know if you heard that. I burped a little. I apologize. Just a little less iconic. And maybe more than a little. But like I said, they're still very good RPGs for the most part. If you're a diehard fan of the Super Nintendo, or of RPGs, or a diehard collector, these are still games you absolutely want to have. I picked them out because I find them interesting. There's no other real criteria there. Picked out ones that I like talking about or wanted to learn more about. I know that's highly scientific. Let's do, let's get started. Lufia 1 and 2. These are games that everybody... I think most people know about Lufia 1 and 2. Or at least about the Lufia series. That's a safer bet. Everybody knows about the Lufia series. Lufia 1... What's it called? Fortress of Doom... It came out the same year as Secret of Mana. And it was not particularly innovative. And it had some quirks. It was pretty cliche as turn-based RPGs go. In hindsight, when you look at the entire console library, it holds up just fine. It is a good game. Even a lot of people at the time, they still liked it. It's not that anybody was criticizing it then and loving it now. It's not like an Earthbound. 
in hindsight, when we're not thinking about sort of innovativeness and we're comparing everything together as a whole, it's a fine RPG. It's got some quirks to it. It's got that sort of Final Fantasy one battle issue where if you have two characters attack a bad guy, two guys attack one bad guy, right? First guy kills the bad guy. Second guy still attacks the space where the bad guy used to be. And it's pretty annoying. And so the story is nothing special. Graphics, sound, everything's fine. Just didn't stand out at the time. So I think it gets overlooked a little bit in terms of sort of its historical, iconic status, if you will. Still a good game. It is rare, and it is expensive. Not extremely so, but both. And I don't think there's any other ways to play this one right now. Not any other legitimate ways. So if you want to play it, you kind of have to go buy the cartridge. Not a bad idea. It's kind of a cool cartridge and a neat neat story, and it kick-started a good series to have in your collection. The second one, Lufia 2, mm, Rise of the Sinistrals? 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 That sounds like somebody in a, in a band. You've got your tenors and your altos and your basses and your sopranos and your sinistrals. Or maybe I'm thinking of minstrels. I might be thinking of minstrels. Although I don't really know what that is either. But the second game, Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals, is more expensive, a little less easy to find out there, a little harder to find. Significantly better game. It came out at the end of the system's life. 95, 96, something like that. Came out towards the end. So it's a little more of a collector's item. It is a very good game. I think it fixes some of those quirks. I think the story's a little better. All the good stuff from Lufia 1 became, uh, you know, found their way into Lufia 2, and then bad stuff got fixed. Very good game. A little late in the life of the system to get a ton of appreciation, probably. And now it's a bit of a gem hiding out there. I would, I would love to tell everybody to play this game. As sort of what I would say the, the calling card of the Lufia series. Probably the best one that's out there. In my opinion. That's not an opinion, that's a fact. No, this is an opinion. I think it's the best game in the series, personally. When you're considering uh, the times that they came out and general relative quality and all that stuff. But it is more expensive. It's harder to find. This is one of the first games that I've talked about so far that it has a re-release that is pretty disappointing. It's on the DS. And by itself, it is a very good game. I have only played the DS version. I have not played Lufia 2 on the Super Nintendo. I've only played the DS version. And by itself, it is a good game. Unfortunately... It is an action RPG, and it sort of numbs down a lot of the dungeons and the puzzles. It's not true to the source material. It's a remake. It's not just a re-release. It is a, it is a remake. So it is a good game by itself. 
Although, if you're looking at it by itself, you have to compare it to all other DS games, and then maybe it's really not that good a game. No, it still is okay. Even that considered. But it's not a faithful port. So there's really no way... There's no good way to play either of these two games other than going and getting the original cart. I still recommend the DS version just because I do think it's a good game, and it is inexpensive. I think it's a good title to have in your DS collection. Play it on your 3DS XL so you can actually see it. If you're old like me, do that. That's, and I believe on the DS, if you're searching for it, it is called, it's not called Lufia 2. It's just called Lufia Curse of the Sinistrals. That one. Go grab it. Go to Gamers HQ. Ask them. Next one. Two, kind of. One, really. It's called Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen. This is kind of a strategy tactics RPG. You may know that there are several other Ogre Battle games. This is the first one. It did spawn a very successful series. It is a good game. According to Wikipedia, only 25,000 of these were released in the United States. Which seems like, is that even worth the effort? If you're going to make a game for a console... Why are you stopping at 25000 I don't even get it. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I don't know if there's a good one. It is very well regarded, highly regarded, by its, its players. The people who play it like it. Solid title. Looks good, plays good. Like I said, it's bond a good series. That's always a good sign. Hard to get. You can get it it, came, it also came out on the Saturn in Japan. Japan only. It came out on the PlayStation over here in the United States. That was also kind of a limited run. What is this, Nintendo? Would you make multiple copies of something, please? Even the PlayStation 1 version is pretty hard to get a hold of. Which is a shame, because this is a very good game. Absolute shame. It has a sequel. Ogre Battle, I think it translates to Let Us Cling Together. The sequel did not come to the United States for the Super Nintendo or the Saturn. Uh, It was on the Famicom and the Saturn in Japan. It did come over here on the PlayStation 1. Also hard to find. So you've got two great Super Nintendo RPGs, strategy RPGs to uh, to be specific, very good, both of them. Good luck playing either without forking over a lot of money. Off the top of my head, I don't recall if it's more cost-effective to do the to purchase the PlayStation 1 or the Super Nintendo. If it's close, of course, I'm going to say go buy the original on the Super Nintendo. I don't remember that it's close. I just know that I was disappointed in the costs of the PlayStation 1 games currently. That's Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen, and Ogre Battle, Let Us Cling Together. My understanding is that they play a little differently. I think the first one might be like more larger war strategy, wartime strategy, and the second one is a little smaller, more intimate. You know, I imagine something closer to, uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't even think. The shine, like Shining Force. Second one's a little more intimate like that, closer up to the story. I believe the one on the uh, Ogre Battle, Ogre Battle 64, and it's pretty rare too. So whatever these guys were doing, 
you know, they honestly were probably missing out on money. I think more people would have enjoyed and bought these games on all three of these systems that we're talking about right here. It's a shame. Good games, well-liked by the people that have the ability to play them. Not really many other ways to play them. Unless you speak Japanese. Next ones. This one might be my favorite in the fact that it, I, I know the least about it. It's kind of the least out there about it. Maybe the least well-known game on this list. It's called Dragon View. It's by Kemco. It is an action RPG from Kemco named Dragon's View. That's all I know. Yeah, I know a little more. Not much, though. So on IGN, its community rating is pretty good. Uh, there was a number of reviews, and it had like an 8, 7.8 or 8.0. Fairly high, right? That's a pretty good score for critical users. It is, it is very rare, and it is very expensive. There's not many floating around online. They're all very pricey. You know, I could watch YouTube videos. There's probably Let's Plays out there, and I could dig a little bit. But in terms of just general information out there, doing a quick search, quick run through, not a whole lot. Not, in, not really in the uh, popular Super Nintendo lore. If you know anything about this game, give me a shout. Love to hear more about it. Seems like an exciting game. Seems like a good game. Probably not a great game, obviously, or we'd know more about it. No other ways to play it that I can find. Super Nintendo or Bust. Seems like an exciting game. Wish I knew more about it. Wish I could say more about it. It interests me because of the air of mystery that surrounds it. It's so mysterious. I love that about this game. It's so mysterious. Next game. Ultima. I still, is this still recording? I think it is. Sorry, technical difficulty. Next game, Ultima. The Black Gate. This is on the PC. It draws from the PC game Ultima 7, The Black Gate. On the Super Nintendo, it is just called Ultima, The Black Gate. It's hard to say anything from like Ultima or Wizardry. It's hard to say that it's ever underappreciated. Right, The people that are into PC RPGs and have been for a long time or were into them, right? they know about these games. Both of them, all the time, always. Ultima, Wizardry. They know about them. It's hard to say they're underappreciated, but I'm not sure that this one gets quite the credit it deserves. Despite being an Ultima title. They did have to make a lot of changes to this one. It is not... If you're looking to play the PC game on the Super Nintendo, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Because that game, at the time, was a massive PC game. And they smashed it up into a teeny tiny little Super Nintendo cart. I need to take a drink. Excuse me one second. Thank you. compiled the gameplay, I think. So I'm not very familiar with this one. 
I've been saying that a lot today. Why am I even talking if I don't know what I'm talking about? It's about half my life is just saying stuff. Just talking to talk. Hear myself talk. What in the heck was I even saying? So this one, instead of having multiple characters, I think you just have one. A lot of the dungeons and things are, are very compressed. Basically made, remade from scratch in order to fit on the Super Nintendo cartridge. However, the people that play it is very well reviewed for a Super Nintendo game. Again, if you're an Ultima fan, probably not going to be your thing. Not very honest to the original game. But on its own, it is a very good game. It is rare and it is expensive. It's not as good or as well-loved as the other games on on this list or yesterday's list or anything like that. That's what I'm going to say. If you're a hardcore Ultima fan, you just need to go... Not even hard. If you're a hardcore PC RPG fan, just go get this one on on the PC, right? If you want a cheap way to play this one in its Super Nintendo form, so if you want to play The Black Gate instead of Ultima 7, The Black Gate, there is an anthology, a small anthology. It's called EA Replay. It's on the PlayStation Plus. Go grab it. It's pretty inexpensive. And that, that, the port to the PSP is a very much, very much an exact port of the Super Nintendo game. So if you want to play the dialed down version of Ultima 7, go get EA Replay. If you want to play Ultima 7, play it on the PC. I think that's the right way. It is expensive, and it is rare, and it is good enough that it kind of merits its price. But I think you're better off not not paying a bunch of money for an Ultima game that isn't really an Ultima game. There again, the exception is always, if you're a diehard collector, diehard fan of RPGs, diehard fan of the Super Nintendo, by all means, go grab it. Even if you're a diehard Ultima fan, you want all the stuff sitting on your shelves, fine. But in general, if you just want to play a good, a good RPG that resembles an old PC, or that's based on an old PC game, Probably just go grab the PSP. <clears throat> I think you'll be happy. The next two don't really fit on this list. But I want to bring them up because it kind of planted a seed for something else that I want to do in the future. Planted the seed, if you will, for the next thing. These games are called Uncharted Waters and Uncharted Waters 2. The New Horizon. New Horizons, excuse me. New Horizons. They are, they're like pirate simulators that happen to have several RPG elements. A little bit like Sid Meier's Pirates, but a little more RPG-ish than that. A little more RPG than Simulator. Like I said, I don't know if they really have a place on this list. But what I like about these games is that Koei is an organization that I know very little about. Very little. And yet, they have lots of sort of unique, lesser-known, rare, expensive RPGs or games with RPGs, RPG elements. They have several of them on the Super Nintendo and some other consoles. 
But it's a name that kind of kept popping up with these games that are sort of on the fringe. Not always true RPGs in the sense that we think about them, but there are a lot of Koei games out there that have a lot of RPG elements that are rare and expensive, and they're very interesting to me. So I'm bringing these two games up because it sort of planted the seed for what might become its own podcast or something later. Might become its own daily commute. So, what was I talking about? Uncharted Waters and Uncharted Waters 2. New Horizons. The first one's really not terribly rare, terribly expensive. It's uncommon. And it is a little pricey, but not to the extent of the other games on this list. New Horizons, the second one, is definitely more so. Like, it is truly a rare, expensive title. Again, it's a... these, they're not great games. I think the general consensus is that they're a little underwhelming. Like, they're fine at what they are. They're, they're okay at what they do, but overall they're underwhelming. They leave some potential sitting on the table. And it's probably not a good thing if that every time you play a game, all you can think of is Sid Meier's Pirates, right? Because then you probably should just go play Sid Meier's Pirates. You know what I mean? If the whole time you're playing a game, you think you'd rather be playing another game, it's not a great thing. But the second one is kind of rare, and or not kind of rare. The second one's very rare and very expensive. Fortunately, it is also on the Sega Genesis, and I don't believe it's nearly as rare or as expensive on the Sega Genesis. So if you want to play it, go grab that version. The second game is a little better than the first. On the Genesis, neither one. I, I don't think either one's particularly expensive on the Genesis. If you want to play them both, fine. In terms of buying it on the Super Nintendo, probably not worth it. Again, just mediocre games, really. Or at least underwhelming. Not mediocre, that's too harsh. But underwhelming. A lot of other stuff you could could get for that money, I think. A lot of other better RPGs on this list. But again, main reason I'm even talking about these games that only lightly fit, they have RPG elements. They're not really as true to the RPG namesake as the other games on these lists. But I'm really interested in Koei and sort of the unusual array of games that they produced in the 16-bit era and I think even a little bit in the 8-bit era. Very interested in that. That might become its own thing one day. Its own podcast. Alright, one final game I want to talk about. Shadowrun. Kind of on the fringes of this list too, to be honest. Starting to stretch. Starting to stretch my limits. Stretch for games. But it it's an action game. It's an isometric action game. But again, it has strong, obvious RPG elements. It's strong enough that it fits in my category of an RPG, by all means. It is rare. It is expensive. It is good, but it is divisive. So it's a little quirky and weird. The isometric makes it a little strange and unusual. I don't like controlling isometric games. It's cyberpunk, kind of futuristic. That's a different genre. At the time, it was vastly different from what we were used to in RPGs, which typically had sort of a high fantasy to them. Even if there was maybe a little steampunk involved, or a little sci-fi to them, 
This one's just straight on cyberpunk. So you're talking about a different audience. So it's pretty divisive. So I'm not even going to bother to say if it's a good game or a bad game. It is a divisive game. That is well made. I think it has probably the the strongest cult following on this list. The people that are just diehard pro this game. They'll stand up for it and say it's fantastic. More so than the other games. There's there's not a lot of lukewarm opinions on this game. I personally don't like it. I don't like isometric games. I do prefer my high fantasy RPGs to this. Not not my favorite game, but it is a rare, expensive RPG. It's very collectible. A little less talked about than, than, for example, the games yesterday. I feel like you need to hear about it. Also worth pointing out that a 2012, 11 or 12 in that region, Kickstarter raised money to make a sequel. I believe it was called Shadowrun Returns. The Kickstarter was successful. A sequel was made. You can play it on your PC, on your Mac, and on your phones. Android or iOS. You can do any of those thanks to a successful Kickstarter. So that's really it. In summary, there are a ton of Super Nintendo RPGs. A lot of them are very expensive. A lot of them are very good. A lot of them are very rare. This is just a few of the slightly lesser known ones. little recap. If you're interested, talked about Lufia 1 and 2. We talked about Ogre Battle March of the Black Queen and Ogre Battle Let Us Cling Together, which was more of a Japanese only for the Super Famicom. Dragon View, the mysterious one. It's probably not even that mysterious. I'm just too lazy to do good research. Ultima, the Black Gate, based on Ultima 7. Uncharted Waters and Uncharted Waters 2, New Horizons. Shadowrun. Those are the games we talked about. How exciting. Right? So there's so many. I'm not done with Super Nintendo RPGs yet. I have one or two more ideas. I'm going to milk this Super Nintendo RPG thing for all it's worth. It's going to be fun. Anyway, in closing, I'm Sean Shaler. A proud Extra Life participant and member of the Gamers HQ team. I'm proud because of all the great things that these organizations do for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Thanks for talking to me today. I'll catch you later. Have a good one.